Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Welcome to a Tuesday that is supposed to be like a Monday, post-holiday. A lot of negativity that we saw in these markets on a Tuesday, not only from a grain complex, but the livestock as well. A lot of factors in this tough marketing trade day, including the weather, exports. We've got a September report. We've got that report coming out on Friday, Hurricane Ida. And really private estimates. Where is everything at? We're going to take a look at all of that a lot more as Darren Fry joins us. He is with Water Street Solutions. And let's start out talking um, good weather. You and I were just talking about this. We've gotten a lot of rains in many areas. May not be as big of a help for the corn. It's definitely going to help beans in some spots. Do you think the market's kind of looking at those numbers that are coming in? I, I think the market is uh, thinking that the crop got improved with those rains, especially out west where we've seen some pretty heavy accumulation in places like the Dakotas, South Dakota and Minnesota, parts of Iowa, even Nebraska dry land. And, and with that, um, I don't know how much it helped the corn, you know, talking to growers, uh, they think that maybe that was a little bit too far gone in some cases, but definitely going to help hold on to some of those pods and put a bigger bean in the pot. So I think that's part of it. I, I think another big part of it is just, you know, Ida came through, and uh, obviously the, the flooding hasn't been as bad as Katrina, but the wind was worse. And so we've gotten power knocked out in such a large area, and that just hasn't been restored. So we've seen a collapse of the basis, and exports have gone to, you know, almost zero, and we're just not back functioning again. That's going to take anywhere from a few days to a few weeks to get everything back up and running. And so uh, with that, you know, the markets don't wait very well. And I think the funds have really piled on here, hitting the sell button. So well, I think that's a lot of it. And I think, too, you talk about, about the damage from Ida. And as they get things back restored and get back online, they're going to be backlogged when it comes to getting this grain movement. And I'm sure there's going to be some damage to elevators that they're going to have to attribute to this delay as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we're going to have a shorter uh, time span to export whatever we're going to export in a, in a much tighter window. And I know that, um, you know, that is what has the trade very concerned. Are we going to lose out on some exports? Even if the sales are there, can we get it all shipped? And that will be, um, you know, the million dollar question, right? And I, I do think that September, you know, typically is a smaller month of exports. Anyway, you're moving from your old crop to new crop. New crop hasn't really arrived anywhere except Mid-South and Delta. But you do have a situation this year where you had, you know, some pretty uh, empty pipelines. And so we started seeing those exports tail off really the last few weeks and, and now this. And so I think that's what's got people concerned. But, hey, when we get up and running, there's going to be huge demand. And there will be uh, an interesting uh, study here of whether we can get everything shipped or not, because we definitely have shortened the window. Uh, very much so. So look at some other factors that you're seeing. Um, export number-wise, are we still the cheapest kid on the block at this point when it comes to grains? Well, in, in corn, Argentina is still cheaper, but they'll be running out of some of their export numbers uh, in October. Obviously, we're going to be um, competing with Ukraine. Those will be the two U.S. and Ukraine origins. And, uh, you know, they got a decent crop over there, probably pushing 38, 39 million metric tons of corn. And so um, we'll see, you know, how much they can export. They use about 7 million domestically, and the rest falls to the bottom line for export business. So, 
you know, Saprina got downgraded again. We saw Agrol came out with a, a smaller South American corn crop, 81.9. And this just means that Ukraine and the U.S. are going to have to fill up that gap. And I do think there's going to be a lot of demand because of what's happened down in Brazil. Um, but, hey, we're not going to have the bulk of that until we get to probably October and then out through June, July of next year before we see another crop coming out of South America. So what are you thinking for this Friday's report? I know they've already said they're going to decrease some of the numbers, but do you see any possible fireworks that we need to keep an eye on for marketing purposes? Well, I, I really do. You know, we're, we're really pressing the, the bottom side of all these chart patterns. And if we break out the bottom side, you know, there is more of a down move coming here that, that we could get pretty weak in corn beans as we enter uh, the mid part of September. So this report has the capability of swinging us lower than what we thought or back higher than what we thought. And I think it's going to come down to what they say for the yield. The trade has leaned everybody's increase in their yields. And we know that we'll probably get an increase in acres, you know, half a million, million acres, some people as much as a million and a half more corn acres is what people are saying. And so if we come in with a smaller acreage increase and they actually lower the yield on corn or on soybeans, either one, I think it really catch the trade off because all the guesses and all the estimates if you look at the average, are bigger than what the USDA said in August. So that could be the surprise. Having said that, what do you think the reason is behind these numbers that are coming from privates that are so much bigger than what folks like you and others think? Well, I, I think a lot of it is is just, you know, they they saw the rains that came through, and rain makes grain, and, and I think everybody believes that uh, – you know, the government maybe overdid it to the downside in August, and then we caught some rains, and hey, uh, the crop got bigger than what they said. Maybe the crop never was as small as what USD said in August, but we got to go up a little bit. And uh, I, I can't say that's wrong, but one thing that's happened over the last week to 10 days is just a lot of our clients across the Corn Belt uh, have just reported how their crop has deteriorated quickly. It's ripened faster than like to see. There's a lot of disease pressure out here, uh, you name it, the cornfields have it. And this is even where they sprayed fungicides. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking that this crop isn't finishing as well, and uh, the crop's going to have a hard time pushing above 175. I don't think the government was far off in August. All right, sounds good. Well, stick around, folks. We are going to continue having this conversation with Darren Fry. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Darren Fry with Water Street Solutions. And we were talking about this Friday's report. And as we get closer, Darren, to this report, I mean, we saw a down day today. How much more pressure are we going to see over the next couple of days leading into that 11 o'clock on Friday? Well, I'd expect that we'd have some short covering ahead of the report. I can't imagine I'm pressing this lower ahead of these numbers, but I didn't expect today, this market today to be this week. So it's it's really hard to say, but my expectations um, are that we'll probably have some short covering, we'll bounce into the report, then we'll wait for the numbers. But uh, the numbers are going to be so important because, you know, we could have abandonment acres in there. We definitely know FSA data is more accurate this year. Earlier, they're going to probably do some adjustments. 
But I think it really is going to come down to the yield trend. If they raise the yield, that's going to be pretty bearish because everybody will expect then that in October they'll raise it again, and in November they'll raise it again. That's not always the case. I mean, I've seen them zig when they should have zagged, and then they've had to come the other way in every subsequent report. So um, the same thing's true for the for the bull side. If they come down on yield, then people are going to be like, wow, they were down in August, they're down in September. I wonder how small this crop is. So uh, either way, I think it's a big deal. And, um, you know, they could have a neutral report as well. But I expect some fireworks on this report. So I'd expect some surprises the market's not counting on. So in other words, kind of sit back and, and expect that knee-jerk type of reaction with those numbers right after 11. I think so. I, I think it's a, a report that, you know, people are making some big bets on both sides. Um, then we have kind of a lower volume trade in here with the funds kind of liquidating, getting out ahead of it. So you won't have that selling pressure if you get negative numbers. You get a positive number, you could have funds coming back in here and buying. So uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. A lot of apprehension ahead of that 11 o'clock release. But I think you'll see some some big moves there after. Darren, what are you hearing from a wheat perspective on, on the global market? I know that at one point Russia was having issues with their production numbers. What are you hearing out there and how it could affect our prices here in the States? Well, I, yeah, wheat is tightening up everywhere and the charts look good for higher. You know, fundamentals show a shrinking exportable supply. I think Canada still has some reductions to do. I think we still have some reductions to do, mainly because of spring wheat and, and the situation that will be uh, factored in for abandonment up there. I think there's a lot more abandonment the government will figure in. We'll probably lose another 50, 60 million bushels here. Uh, I really think that we're going to need to expand acres anywhere from one and a half to two and a half million acres going in to next year. So any of the winter crops here that we're going to be seeding over the next you know, 20 to 45 days, we, we need to expand, plus spring wheat. And uh, same thing for, for any of the small grains, whether you talk oats or barley. We know how canola was treated up in, you know, Canada and some of our northern farmland. And so there's just going to be a lot of bidding for acres. But the wheat situation is the first place that people talk about food inflation, you know, and when these countries are feeling it, and many are, they think about wheat more than anything just because of its multi-uses and, and how much uh, it's used in human consumption for milling. So uh, I think it's a big deal, and at least wheat now has its own story. It's not on the back of corn like it was for earlier in the year, so much of the early part of the year. Wheat was just tagging along with row crops, but now it's kind of going to be able to do its own thing, I think. You know, we can't have a conversation on the Fontenelle Final Bell without talking about what's been happening in Brazil. And I had thought it was rumors at this point, but BSE in Brazil. And, and did our markets react like they should have? Well, you know, I thought maybe cattle might be up today, but they were not. And, uh, you know, just technically the market is liquidating. Funds are getting out. And, um, you know, I had them selling another 9,000 contracts here to reduce their net long. But... You know, we did have two separate cases, and, you know, it's very uncommon down there, but we we know that they export a lot of their beef to China and to Hong Kong, and, in fact, I think about half of their exportable beef goes to those two places. 
and they suspended uh, exports. They halted them for now. And so I would have thought that would have been supportive for us and we'd get a bump higher, but we certainly didn't. And it looks like uh, the cattle market is going to liquidate some more here. Feeder cattle look like junk on the chart. And even with corn down today, they just performed horribly. So uh, just more um, strife for the cattle producer, the feed yard owner. Um, packers are making plenty of money out here, but the feed yard is the one suffering. Very much, very much so. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? Well, they can give us a call here uh, at the office, uh, and, and we're at 309-680-1200. Or they can look me up on um, Twitter at Fry underscore WSS. Well, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.